welcome, 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 podcast listeners. You are here with your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, in a much, much more timely recording this week. My gosh, last week was stressful. This week, we are recording on a normal day. And you have got your host, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap. You are joined by, oh my gosh, it is Josh. What up? <gasps> that is the face of a shocked Josh. He, even he is surprised that it is Josh. And we have got the return of Mr. Matt Quine. Say hi, Matt. Hi, Matt. Yeah, he did the thing. He did the thing. He did the thing. Woo. It's been a while. It has say been. the Say the line, Bart. <laughs> I didn't do it. Yay! I mean, you are like plucking out some <laughs> some full, fully classic references here. Well, you what you know, I am on the Simpsons board posting page and whatnot. Well, there you go. And we often shout at Cloud. So I do love shouting at a cloud. Maybe we'll you love do... shouting at anything. Yeah, maybe we'll do a bit of that today. Almost guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's been a while, Matt. Tell us what you've been up to because I think you've got a little bit of a uh, little bit of unusual stuff that you've done this time. I mean, yeah, well, I mean, like the first couple of weeks, I was just you know having a, a a week where we were looking after some cats at another house and the internet quality is poor, and I was like not bothering with the podcast because it would have just meant a load of editing for you. Um, so I had yeah. a, a nice relaxing week. And then Lorcan, who's a singer from one of the bands, messaged me and he's like, I'm in this show and there's a few guitars in it and we're in the we're in the gaiety <laughs> and all the guitars are going out of the tune all the time. Um, do you fancy coming down and we'll get you some tickets so you, you can like your family can come along and um you can could you tune some guitars for us? And he'd been <laughs> like he he subtly mentioned like three months ago when this was first going on that they needed to try and find a tech. Um they didn't they were, find a tech. They clearly didn't <laughs> find a tech. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I basically, I, I rock up to the last non-dress rehearsal to try and learn where, where all these guitars are going on and off stage. It's a, it's a uh, musical called Once. It's based on a, a film from about 2009-ish. It's set in Ireland. There's loads of musicians on stage. What you didn't tell me is that not only would I be looking after 15 acoustic guitars total. Mm-hmm. Uh, so okay. uh, there were one, two, three, four, five, six in open E. <laughs> the fuck? One nope. in an E o- standard. <laughs> oh, oh, sorry, no. Six were in open E5 even. So it's just weird. So yeah. they were, they were E-B, either... E-B, E-B, yeah. Or kind of... they would, or they'd gone D-A-D-A, sorry, D-A-D-D-A-D, and then put a capo on two for one song. There was one that Lorcan had that was in open E for a song that he does on his own, and the rest were in standard. None of these guitars are labelled. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. And they're all acoustic, so they all they're, fucking they're all look acoustic, the same. Yeah. Like, there was... <laughs> Luckily, like most of them had different brands, but there were there was like four four Martins and two Taylors, and everything else was like you know other brands, so I could kind of get there. But like, it, yeah, it took me a couple of days of just, and it's just like, yeah, every time a guitar comes off stage, can you tune it? By the way, can you do it as quietly as possible? Because there's like some sort of talking going on on stage, and you're the other side <laughs> of a piece of cloth. <laughs> yeah, and the, these are acoustic guitars, so they project. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, okay, I've got to run away. And then, like, 
as as the time goes on, it's like, oh yeah, there's there's a couple of mandolins as well. Oh, and some ukuleles. Oh, and three of them are playing fiddles. And if any of the strings go, are you all right to run on stage, pick the fiddle up, and restring a fiddle? I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I've never I've never touched a fiddle before, let alone fucking restrung one. I, I, I would swear be careful I didn't with how you word that, <laughs> officer. But yeah, uh, so I now know how to restring a fiddle, um, which it, it's pretty similar to a uh, mandolin, actually, because the bridge falls off if you take all the strings off. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. So yeah, <laughs> so you, you, you know not to do that. <laughs> um, I see, yeah, yeah I one at to, a time. Had to go away and learn how to do that. Luckily, on on any of the, the it happened. Oh, sorry, it didn't happen in any of the the runs. I did get shown how to do it once by somebody who took a string off and put it back on. Um, what I yeah. did have to do though was help the guy playing double bass change the string on one of it. Like so, it hit the, the, one of the strings went on that. Um, it was just it, you could see it like fraying as he was playing it, and he brought it off stage yeah. and he's and like literally we had like a power drill to try and get it because they wind it around so many times. We were like unwinding it with a power drill and then like shit, man. <laughs> the, the amount of like you literally. Like I had to keep tension on it because again, it's got to go the br- over the right yeah. part of the bridge, and literally I felt like an archer. Like I was, I was literally holding it out like that, like a, like like you would if you were trying to shoot an arrow. Um, yeah. As he was like winding the thing up, like t- tying the knot yeah, on the top, and then starting to wind gently in, gently pulls in, yeah. and then it sort of goes out. It's just yeah, absolutely. I, I, it was so stressful. Like there was six proper performances a dress rehearsal and a recorded rehearsal that was also done in dress and nice yeah just trying to keep instruments in tune in a massive room that the temperature changes all the time when they're acoustic guitars and not solid body <laughs> <laughs> really isn't fun <laughs> yeah all of them should have had floyd rose systems on them <laughs> they, they should have all had floyd rose and all of them should have been made from baked maple so there's no <laughs> no moisture in them at all so they can't move so they should, they am, am I right? Acoustasonics. <laughs> yeah, that that probably would have been a better option. So am I right in thinking the tuners on a a fiddle are basically just like a piece of like tapered wood that wedges into a hole. So uh, they're, they're not geared, or there's no like mechanical. Yeah. So the the tuners at the top, however, modern uh, violins, fiddles, whatever you want to call them. Have fine tuners fine at the Fine tuners bridge. at the bottom. So, yeah, so they are basically a Floyd Rose. Yeah, they, they, that really helps. Not yes. Gonna lie. That really helps because you don't have to touch the bit at the top. If you touch the bit at the top, the whole string goes loose. So just leave yeah. that. Once it's once it's tight, leave that and use the fine tuners at the bottom. Ah, there you go. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. And the other thing was, because this guitar's coming on and off all the time, they've all got wireless packs on them. And you have to make sure that you take the right wireless pack to the right guitar. <laughs> Otherwise, the wrong guitar is switched on and it's just sat in the corner feeding back slowly because nobody's <laughs> touching it. So, <laughs> luckily, I, that, the only thing I did wrong was I forgot to put a pick in one of the guitars where Lorcan needed a pick for a particular song, so he just had to play it fingerstyle and just had to, had to roll with it. It worked fine, but like one mistake in in six shows is not too bad as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, right on. I'm I'm down with that. But yeah, like it, it was just absolutely exhausting. Like I, I learned that I was doing it on the thir- on a Thursday. I was there Thursday night, Sunday night, and then Tuesday right through to the Saturday. The final final performance finished 
five to midnight on the Saturday night, and then we had to get out straight away. So I gave him a hand get on the get out. So we left there at like two o'clock in the morning. Nice. <laughs> then we went to the pub. Thank God. <laughs> so if you think Matt's been off for a couple of weeks having a jolly, <laughs> then you are mistaken. Yeah, I mean, to, to be honest with you, it was actually really fun being backstage, but it was yeah, like I say, very stressful. The the most stressful bit was the fact that I knew that. If I forget to tune a guitar, I'm not the one that looks like a dickhead. Someone else is, and I, that yes. is, that's the worst. Is like you, you like if if I fuck up at a gig, and I look like a wanker, then you know what? Fair enough. I was a wanker. I fucked up. But if I yeah. fuck up and someone else looks like a wanker, you feel really bad about it. Yeah, yeah. Fucking up on someone else's behalf is. <laughs> and the thing is, you can't in the middle of a musical just like like if 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 there's ten people playing, you can't just go. Hang on a minute, I'm slightly out of tune. You've just got to go with it. Yeah. Fuck man. <laughs> right, I think we're gonna keep keep on the same kind of process that we did last week with this. We're gonna go breakneck speed through some of the discussion topics because we've got shed loads to ram in this week. We're also gonna kind of touch on some of the other stuff through the course of the, the podcast. As per every week, what we do is we do a hot take. So we're gonna do the housekeeping from that first. And this did not go the way that I thought it was gonna <laughs> or the thought the way that Lee kind of presented the argument last week, should I say. So our hot take last week was uh, from one of our listeners, John, and he said Squire is a more innovative brand than Fender currently. And quite overwhelmingly, seventy one percent said hell yeah. And twenty nine percent says enter the ope. Uh <laughs> I think I think it was some some shit like those um, Sonics ain't going to accuse to themselves. That's it, was pretty it? much exactly it. Yep, there we go. So, well done, John. Your first ever uh, hot take appeared on the podcast and won. So that is that is no gospel. It's, it's also R the first one I've not voted in because there's no right answer because innovation in guitar is pointless. <laughs> that will be a hot take <laughs> in the future in coming weeks yeah but we've got a uh we've got a controversial one this week controversial because matt has a very strong opinion on this i feel like strong is an understatement <laughs> indeed yeah. i mean i've ranted about this on the podcast before <laughs> indeed so our hot and take this week and you were still wrong <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa let's hold hold back this spice that can that can be uh, bought in just a second. This uh, hot take was brought to us by our, our very own Josh, who has got quite a good track record, actually, for his hot takes. I do. Uh, because I speak the voice of common sense on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> um, right, so your, your guitarist hot take... Is... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're, you're not kind of warming them to you straight away, are you here, Matt? No, but let's let's go for it. The hot take this week uh, is reverse headstocks make more ergonomic sense. That was ah. that was the word that we okay. We can add the word fact afterwards. <laughs> so present your argument here, Josh. So we like Matt's. You know, aside from the fact that let's be honest, that majority of us don't have a tech where they can take a guitar <laughs> and tune it backstage. It's you know, if we're playing on the fly and suddenly it's suddenly up. Where your hand naturally, you know, sits at the back of the guitar neck, 
you have to kind of almost take your hand back up and over yeah. to tune up or to tune down or to adjust whatever. Whereas if you're naturally playing, you've only got to move your hand to the left or if you you play a guitar the wrong way around, the right. Um, and you just did it, done, did it, and you, you're not having to move your hand completely kind of off the guitar away and over to tune up or down. You just literally go, it, it, it. yes, okay, as some person might say, it does look like you're fiddling with someone's testes. <laughs> but, you know, but the fact that it's so much easier to be able to ergonomically move around the guitar makes much, much, much more sense. I mean, it's, it's no ergonomically easier or not easier. At the end of the day, you're, once you've gone towards the nut of a guitar you're you tend to be at the end of your reach anyway so once you go past the nut you're reaching in an awkward way anyway so you're going to have an awkward hand whether you're going over the top or underneath of the guitar my actual opinion is that three aside headstocks are far better than six aside but if you're going to have six aside it looks really stupid if you've got the, the tuners along the bottom. It just does. I don't care whether you look, you prefer the look at it or not. You're wrong if you do. It just looks stupid. And when you're doing it, you look like you're trying to tickle the testicles of a taller man than you. <laughs> it just it, it's That's just factually correct. Just like Josh thinks his, his statement that is just an opinion is a fact. Um, yeah, like just... They, it, ergonomics doesn't really come into it because you're reaching so far that either you've pushed the guitar body away from you and therefore if you were to strum it at that time you'd be strumming over the frets and at that point you're not ergonomically playing the guitar anyway or you're reaching past the headstock in which case you're twisted and you're you're not in an ergonomic position anyway yeah you're not kind of optimal playing anyway so the only time where tuners along the bottom of the headstock works is if your high E is ever so slightly out of tune and you're playing an open chord and you can quickly get to it, tweak it in the right direction, the right amount, just by feel, and then go straight back to playing. And uh, nobody does that. So it's a, I mean, it's a moot point. If you're doing that, like if you're playing a chord, say I was playing like an E chord and I noticed one of my... um one of my strings is out, I'd go to tune with my right hand whilst also holding the chord so I could hear it. Uh, so, <laughs> um, yeah, I think both both sides here have made made some valid points. Uh, Matt, I can't, I can't agree with you that three aside is correct because like Gibson's notoriously are the worst for tuning. <laughs> just oh, I didn't say they were great for tuner stability, but I, for in terms of ergonomics, if we're talking about ergonomics, three aside is the the best in terms of that. What I mm. will say is that six aside reverse is not the worst headstock. The worst headstock is a four and two headstock. That's just oh, stupid. The, the music, music man. man, go fuck yourselves. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I, just, I, 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 that's one thing that I will agree with on that. <laughs> it just looks awful. I think, yeah, the, the Music Man headstock is is quite squat, isn't it? So because of that, it looks a bit strange. But because it's four and two, all of the strings are in a straight line still. Yeah. So you get you almost get the kind of the ergonomics of the three, three and three. 
But if you want your guitar to stay perfectly in tune, get a locking nut anyway. Because even with straight straight and inline, it's you are gonna have more fluctuation than if you had a locking nut. So if your biggest worry is to one of your strings might slightly go out of tune if you're bending too much, get a locking nut. If if you can deal with the slight movement between songs and then using a tuner, which most of us have on our boards anyway, really it's a moot point. Yeah, um, it's a it's a difficult one to argue either way because I I have got reverse headstock guitars. Well, I've got a reverse headstock guitar um, with the RGR something 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 barcode number. <laughs> expletive one zero one zero zero one yeah the, the, the yeah the rgr binary edition um and no, that's a whole diff, that's a whole different argument <laughs> i think the the reverse stock ibanez um look the absolute tits no. they are they look amazing no. because they there's a slight curve on the what would be the bottom part of the headstock so it almost looks like a devil's tongue um that's that's awesome reverse like so, certain reverse fender headstocks look ridiculous and i will will agree with you on that one um but fender do res- they do reverse headstocks they have done yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They, they do it on quite a lot of uh, a lot of the, the, the hendrix style ones are kind of yeah they've also done it on like some of their um modern modernized strats that they've done in the past it, it was the american something before they went to player and professional they had reverse headstocks on some of their modern spec strats and tellies and a, te- a reverse telly headstock is the worst looking headstock that you can possibly make <laughs> i mean you're you straight up <laughs> straight up coming for josh there i am but I also, yeah, it's, it's, I'm, I'm looking right I, at my Chapman's I now. I promise you, that's <laughs> the headstock I hate the most is a reversed telly. The headstock I like the most is the correct way round telly headstock. How about a three aside telly headstock? <laughs> <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> Someone, please. <laughs> oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Completely oh. unrelated, but on that the the Fender headstocks, like the big ass chunky ones, but oh, they make the CBS you want to puke. the CBS Strat headstocks are the one. No, I'm with Josh. Oh, I, I love like them. them. Love them. I know they are. They are really kind of love or hate, and I fall on that. Absolutely love. Because my my Squire Strat's got a big fatty fat headstock, and oh, the fat normal headstocks. Strat isn't great, but the fat Strat headstocks are just terrible. See, it's the other way around for me. Like fat, fatty, fat headstocks are beautiful. Standard strat headstocks are just—they are the magnolia paint of the guitar world, aren't they? Yeah, they're just. That's—I suppose it's a stock. It's definitely a thing that the tuners go on it, and that's about as much as I can say about that. Yeah, I mean, that and the Gretsch headstock, where it's literally just a box with a semicircle on the top. Yeah, Just, yeah, yeah. I... Must try harder, Gretch. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think that's that's where we uh, where we wrap the the hot take for this week. If you are pro um, ball tickling <laughs> underside, no. So reverse headstock. If you think they are the most ergonomic design, then you vote for Josh. If you think 
the ridiculousness of the reverse headstock completely null and voids the argument, and then you go with Matt. And those are your choices. And I think I might just I might just have it as Josh and Matt as the choices, not even <laughs> yes or no. <laughs> That because then that is also going to force people to listen to the podcast. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yes, yes, this is quality. I'm, I'm loving this. Right, so we've got to go, uh, we've got to go discussion. We've got to go discussion, which this week we've got a few things. We've got one, two, three, four, five, and a bit maybe. Five and a bit. Right. So first thing, Mark Morton. Who's who's he, Josh? Who's Mark Morton? He is. The guitarist for Lamb of God. He is indeed. Matt, who's Mark Morton? Never heard of her. <laughs> and before, oh, this... before this guitar was put in our group chat, I genuinely, I promise you, I'd never heard of him. Indeed. So Mark Morton from the uh, the Christian rock band Lamb of God uh, is uh, now... I assume they're an Easter rock band because we eat lamb at Easter, right? So yeah, exactly. Yeah, Easter themed, yeah. Um, they, so... Mark Morton was a Jackson artist for a long, long time, and now is signed with Gibson, playing some quite generic-looking Les Pauls. Like, the the signature ones just look <laughs> a bit like the traditional pros, but there we go. Um, but it sparked a question on my Insta today, uh, not today, uh, this week, which is, if a guitar company were to make you a signature guitar what would it be? Like, what company and what would the specs be? I think, looking at the faces that I have on this podcast, I think I know where Josh is going with this. I, oh, I quite Kitty. like this discussion. Yeah, damn right, Hello Kitty. <laughs> uh, right, so if I'm picking my, my own, uh, yeah. I'm going... Now, do I need to pick the woods as well? Do I need to like completely give you the, the custom spec? I mean, you, you give me the woods anyway, Josh. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, knock knock yourself out. Go go into as much right. detail as you want. The moment you start uh, talking about fret size, I'm gonna cut you off though. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, telly style body, okay. yeah, T style body, good start. Mahogany body. <laughs> okay. Uh neck, baked maple. Okay. Go for a nice baked maple neck. Uh twenty-two fret stainless steel. No fret inlay markers. I love it. I like a nice blank fretboard. Uh and I would probably just have like the glow in the dark side dots on the side. Um I would have the sorry Matt. Chapman style reverse headstock. Um, I I wouldn't have too much of body contour. I just have the generic kind of top where your forearm lies. I wouldn't have anything else onto it. No tummy cut. Whoa, um, whoa! You got you you precluding like, the dad bod here. Yeah, you can tell you're a skinny bastard, can't you? You've you've, <laughs> no, lost, I, you've I, lost me here. No, I don't. Don't worry. I have a dad bod. I just hide it well. Um, I would. See, I've been predominantly a Floyd Rose user for years, but I think I would just generally go for like Big a speed. hard tail, a hard t- <laughs> no, not big speed. <laughs> yeah. 
Do I look like a Bixby player? Yeah, Ramstein I mean, loved the Bixby, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, fun fact that Richard does own a Gretsch White Falcon with a Bixby, which he's actually recorded videos with. Nice. Um, finish, I would go for a nice palescent white. All the hardware would be gold because white and gold is a beautiful combination. One pickup, bridge only. One volume, knob, that's all you need. Pickups, I'm probably going to go for an... I personally really like the EMG 57, very percussive, and has a nice kind of high uh, mid-range frequency to it. Uh, and I would... I think that's probably all I'd need to really... I don't need to go, you know... So is this uh, a Chapman, this one? We're going to... This was like if I was building it myself. Like which which company would you would you go for though? Would would it be ESP or would it be Chap Chapman? I mean, you don't have to go either. You could you could go Fender, but <laughs> I don't think they're going to want to put the Chapman See, headstock on it. Yeah, um, I like the Chapman headstocks and the way they do the ML three kind like their take on the T cut um, style body, yeah. but. I feel just for the, the 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 craftsmanship and the quality, I'd go ESP. Okay, okay. Matt. But the only problem with like with ESPs, I don't like their style of the T-shaped headstocks where it's kind of like uh, 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 and then yeah, round. I've got one over there. Yeah, yeah. I like um, it. I've, mind you, I, I played that for but the longest. Actually, time. T- tell a lie. The uh, you can get the. I think they used to be called the Eclipse. And it they was T shaped, but did. it had, but it had the like Kirkhamit style M two headstock. Yeah, so uh, like that, and onto a winner. Cool, Matt. What are we saying? What what company we're we going for? You see, I really don't know. Like, if you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago, I'd have just said, "Oh, I've got Les Paul of some sort." But actually, like, if I have a signature model, I'm going to want to play it all the time, and. Yeah. If it's a guitar that I'm playing all the time, it's probably not going to be a Les Paul. Cause as Controversial. Much, as much as I love playing the Les Paul, it's not the most versatile yeah, not, instrument yeah, in the world. Yeah, it's not yet everything. It does one thing, doesn't it? It does loud brash rock, and it does it well. So I think but it what doesn't. I'm going to do is I'm going to make a weird hybrid Les Paul caster, and I think... <laughs> Okay. It's going to be a Strat. Yeah. But it's going to have a proper bridge system, a proper hardtail Les Paul style. Um, I forget what you call them now. Tunematic. Yeah. Yeah. Stop tail in the Tunematic. Yes, yeah. A proper bridge on it. Um, it's going to be a mahogany body with a maple cap. Uh, it's not going to be bound. It's going to have rounded edges but, and it'll just kind of like fade like as as the the maple kind of rubs out towards the edge and yeah. it will fade it's going to be stained pink and then rubbed nice. back a bit um to a black finish underneath so you've got like a it's almost like a like yeah, a 3d quilty yeah, effect yeah just just it's yeah i'm cuz i'm sure that'll look cool um i'm going hss of course you are and cuz you're a gentleman it'll be one volume, one tone, because that's all you need. Yeah. Um, and the pickups will probably go for a Fletch blend and then get him to do two single coils that are similar output. 
because that's that bridge poker is amazing. You're so good, aren't I? Yeah, so good. And then, then if I've got a volume of tone, a five way, I'm pretty happy at that point. Yeah. Um, I'm having a telly headstock because that is the <laughs> correct headstock, and I'm, that's that's really controversial because people hate strats with telly headstocks, but I hate strats with telly headstocks. More. I would. I love a strat with a telly headstock. Yeah, I think it just looks boss. It looks so good. I have to, I I will admit with that. And absolutely, it's will good. Admit. You know the. So it, I'll, I'm going to go for Fender. I think, although I might. Do I think... <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> do I get Gibson to do it? <laughs> <laughs> well, Gibson aren't going to do it. We know that. So <laughs> it needs to be somebody that can license the headstock off Fender. So it's either yeah. Fender or like Charvel. Or... Yeah, you see, I th... I'm thinking about those Char Charvel Pro mods. Mm. And actually, they're they're pretty much what you've just described. And, and they're very similar to what I was. So I think it's probably going to be a Charvel, but it's going to have yeah. a roasted maple neck with an ebony fretboard because that just looks the best. We're having yeah. dot dot fretboard, uh, just plain white dots, no fancy kind of like flecky pearly nonsense. We're just having plain white dots. <laughs> You know, two two at the twelfth fret and one in all the other places as normal guitars do, and we're not having any of this nonsense about oh it's a signature model, so we're gonna write penis down the twelfth fret or any of that nonsense. <laughs> oh please, come on. Twenty two frets, because I've slowly coming around to the idea that twenty two is better than twenty one. It's taken me fifteen years, but <laughs> yeah. maybe twenty two is the right number of frets. Um and yeah, it's gonna be a HSS strat because like I say, if I if I'm playing it all the time then that's the guitar that I need because I need different sounds. I need that yeah. Strat neck pickup for some things. The Strat middle pickup works for single coil bridge sound at a push. Yeah. And obviously I need the, the, the rock sound, the heavier rock sound from the from the bridge pup. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of stole what I was going to do. I was going to go with an, <laughs> an HSS Strat. Um, but... I'm I'm gonna go, gonna go left field now because. Well, I mean, I did make of, mine out of Les Paul material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't give a shit what the guitar's made out of. I'll be honest. Um, oh, like, that's controversial. Al Alder, maybe I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a Nashville telly, but in the bridge, a bit. In fact, actually, it's a bit like the um, the modern players that they did like three. I say three years ago, probably ten years ago now. Um, which is bridge, uh, bridge humbucker, single coil, and then neck telly pickup. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have it bound because why the fuck not? Because bound tellies look the tits. It's gonna have a big fat CBS headstock just to piss you two off. <laughs> Wanker. <laughs> um, it it's gonna have this so. This this bass has got like incredibly um, garish binding on the neck, and it makes it really hard to see what you're doing. <laughs> and I'm going to do that <laughs> just because, because really really garish binding. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> fuck you. That's why. <laughs> just to make sure that anybody who buys one can't see it play. Yeah, it. can't play it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Who am I going to have? I think I'll probably get Ibanez to make it. To be fair. Ibanez are pretty fucking cool. They're not going to do a CBS strat headstock, are they? No. Fuck it, reverse RG headstock. 
Probably two people have gone for a reverse headstock. Kind of heathens do I do this podcast with? Oh, this is like this. Is, do you remember the episode of The Simpsons where Homer Simpson makes a car and he just puts all of the things that he thinks are cool? <laughs> <laughs> this is that in a guitar format. It's just, just fucking horrible. I wouldn't want to play it, but I've made it now, so fuck it. You haven't said what what the. So you, you don't care whether it's got a maple or a rosewood or anything board? Uh, yeah, rose rosewood board, yeah. I think really big, fat, modern frets. Because vintage, like skinny, tall, vintage frets suck absolute donkey dong. So, yeah, just really big, fat frets so that I can't even feel the fretboard. So it largely doesn't matter what the fretboard's made out of. It'll be made out of like plasticine. What colour are you gonna have it? I don't know. Just whatever the whatever they want to do. It's whatever. I don't no, care. Because if you give it to Fender, the, oh, you're giving it to. Uh, oh, but it's, it's going to be fine. like neon as long green. As it's not two tone sunburst. I don't give a fuck. Two tone sunburst is the worst thing. Oh, bearing in mind, I own a two tone sunburst double bound telly. <laughs> I'm but... looking at, across my rack. I've got probably like three or four yeah, two tone sunburst. That's also a two tone sunburst, but I fucking hate two tone sunburst. It's It's fine in the dark when you can't see your own guitar because you're you're looking at the fretboard (laughs) rather than the body. But it's the Foo Fighters of finishes, and it's just (laughs) it just there. It it happens, but yeah, yeah. I mean, if like if I have the choice of choosing a finish, it's going to be surf green. But I know that it won't it won't be any good on this guitar. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with one tone sunburst. (laughs) It's just just brown. (laughs) it's <laughs> just something horrible so that no one will buy it uh, so there you go that's that's why <laughs> horrible signatures signature whatever the fuck it is tele tele benez <laughs> so, that's it so sticking on the on the discussion no. of gibson who released mark morton's signature um, they also did a pop at a Noel Gallagher 335, which is like specced to the hilt with switches and knobs and controls. But it's not a 335, is it? Isn't Noel Gallagher's one a 355? He said 335 on the thing, I'm but, pretty sure that's yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah, I would have thought so as well, because it has got the Varitone switch. I don't think it's got the stereo switch in, but it's got the Varitone, like, capacity i assume it's based on the one that his brother smashed up in a fit of rage and that's why they don't play together anymore like the the one that he used for 20 years i assume so i assume so yeah they haven't replicated it like fully because it's in one piece um (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so it's got you've got your standard layout with like a volume and tone per pickup you've got a switch and then you've got a very tone on it which Sparked the question, when it comes to guitar controls, is less more? Yeah. Discuss. Yes. <laughs> less is more. Why a bridge pickup to... Like, unless you're playing something very specific for yeah. a covers band, why a bridge pickup to output jack? <laughs> I mean, that's Josh's way of, like, preferred method of... No, Josh, Josh wants a volume control so you can mess around with that. My argument is you've got a tuner, that'll show it up. I mean, in an ideal world, you'd just have a volume switch, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> On, off. 
Well, that's what you, you, you. I'm sorry, but your tuner is that, and you can you can yeah. still play up until the point that you need to turn it off with a tuner. You don't have to take your hand away from the guitar. So, just wire the bridge pickup to the output jack. That way, you would get the the purest guitar tone, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. I, I spoke on uh, on Instagram about this. How I've got a uh, a Telecaster that I decided to put all of the controls on. So it's got like a a neck humbucker that you can split. It's got a bridge, like an overpowered bridge tele pickup that can be tapped. And then you can do any of those sounds out of phase as well. So it's it's got like two, uh, two mini switches, a push-pull pot, and your standard like pickup selector. And well, this is the problem with Brian May's guitar. He's probably got about 60 million combinations of yeah, well, he's got off buttons. Yeah, I mean, it's, and... it's on, off, and in phase and out phase, and yeah, for for everything. And then one of the it's it's which one is in and which one is out of phase, and just... you don't that penny. Well, I mean, I, I I like the Brian May switching system. It seems really straightforward because you can just switch on the pickup that you want rather than having to go through basically presets. Yeah, it's a bit difficult you when do. you want to switch pickups quite quickly, though, isn't it? Switch that one off and switch that one on. Yeah, it's like the um, is it the jazz the the jazz master as well? It's just like the um, like the amount of fucking switches and diodes and buttons. And it's like no, I just want one thing. It does not have diodes. <laughs> does not have diodes. <laughs> I don't care. It's all fucking <laughs> shit either way. Yeah, so that uh, like the jazz master circuit. Is completely optional. You could go your entire life without ever engaging that. Yeah, and I recommend you do. I've owned a Jazzmaster, <laughs> the Squire Jazzmaster. I recommend you never touch that extra tone circuit. In fact, if you can remove the extra tone circuit, I recommend you remove it in case you accidentally touch it. Yeah, that's one of the biggest mods on a Jazzmaster, isn't it? <laughs> Removing the Jazzmaster like on, the, on it. The, the Jaguar, which is the other one, where that, that's got like three things, and I don't know what any of the switches do. I'm pretty sure nobody know, actually knows what any of those switches actually do. But yeah. Johnny Marr had it's himself good. a signature made where he specifically removed two sounds from the original Jaguar system that just gave you no sound. So there are settings on a Jaguar that you can accidentally switch to, which mute your guitar. <laughs> yes yes uh, what, what, yeah like you don't need a volume and a tone control and then three other switches i'm, I'm with just less is definitely more i mean I, I can deal with a volume control which i think was when we were talk, chatting about it earlier that was what you were saying wasn't it josh one volume yeah. control yeah i i do use the the tone control as well but um, I think that's because you're a blues dad. So. Tone controls are for Stratocaster bridge pickups, and Strats don't come with a tone control that controls their bridge pickup. So, <laughs> the irony, the <laughs> sweet, like sweet the irony. One, the one time you ever need a tone control is to make a Strat bridge pickup sound usable, unless you've got a humbucker in the bridge. Yeah. So I think I, I was t- telling you guys about this. How I've been seriously considering getting a. A strat that does that's an HSS strat that only has a three way switch because it, the, the sounds that I want are neck pickup. I want a, a bridge single coil that's not a tapped humbucker. Yeah. Um. So like the middle position can do that fine, and then I want a humbucker sound, and that's like the the most logical way that I can think about it without like having 
in between settings that I don't want. Then in retrospect, why does it have to be a strap? I mean, it doesn't have to be a strap, but like HSS on anything else is pretty fucking weird. I'm not going to have an HSS Les Paul. HSS Ibanez. I mean, I could say as, as your as your custom thing has been a fucking yeah. It's basically a strap, though, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Strandberg HSS. I mean, PSP do HSS. I've got a PSP um, Ibanez at the moment. PSP Ibanez. <laughs> what like PSP. PlayStation PlayStation Portable? Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> A P90 yes. single coil and a P90 and a RG. But was it an RG? It is an RG. Yeah, it's yeah potentially the most mental thing that I own, um, and I love it. Certainly the it's, weirdest thing you own. I don't is, know anybody really... who's got P90s in an RG. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason for that. <laughs> um, but I, I took it to practice about two months ago, and it absolutely ripped. And and I'm just I'm kind of willing myself to have the courage to take it to a gig, but it does still have the like the Ibanez Floyd Rose system on it, so I need to like block that and then use it as a normal guitar because I ain't dealing with like when I'm bending up on a string and the low E goes. <laughs> I ain't doing I ain't doing that. Yeah, fair. Yeah, so I think. Less is more when it comes to switching. When when you gig, I think you just want the simplicity, don't you? You want to be able to get to the tone that you want. My my only argument against that is if I could be asked to charge it, the Variax is amazing and that's got lots of switching. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I charge mine for all the gigs and I use it exclusively for bridge humbucker so i've got it i've got it set to the les paul mode and i'll just smack it when i want a <laughs> want a humbucker yeah. mode i mean i i tended to use the acoustic sounds for a couple of songs and i also used the detune function so i didn't have to bring an extra guitar and then i realized that i couldn't be asked charging the battery so i'd just get a guitar set up in the, in the open <laughs> which is probably the I mean, laziest that... thing i've ever done <laughs> I, I mean, that's an, the antithesis of lazy, isn't it? I'm going to get another guitar and tune it to a different... But I can leave the other guitar in in, in the van or in a case by the door so that I can I can take it to gigs, whereas I have to remember to tune... Uh, sorry, not to tune, to, to yeah, charge to, the battery. To for charge the, the battery. The, and I'm pretty sure that hasn't come out of the back of the guitar this year. In all fairness, that'd be no different to owning um, Fishmans because I think Fishmans you have to yeah, charge them. You have USB charge, charged, aren't they? And, uh, I mean, you I can, so, you can yeah. charge the Variax that way if you plug it into the computer. It charges the battery. What does it? Yeah, it it will charge through that. You know the the Ethernet. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, it will charge through the Ethernet, and um, which is why you don't have to charge the battery if you're running with the Helix because obviously you're plugged into the Helix with an Ethernet. So yeah, yeah, I know he passively it. powers it that way. Yeah, I didn't know that he also yeah, like, charges, reversed it, it and charged it, it as well. charges the battery as well. I, I mean, it probably takes weeks, but it does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's sending like 2.5 <laughs> volts down it. <laughs> right, we've got, um, we've got our next topic of discussion, which just so happens to include both me and Josh. We, uh, we made a video. We made a video of potentially the most disgusting guitar tone ever. 
which seemed to offend everybody on the internet. You know what though? It's 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 quite a popular video. So like it's it's offending people, but also in equal part intriguing people. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what you want to do though, isn't it, with a video? You want to offend people because then people will tell other people about this horrible offensive thing. And that's just how media works in general. Yeah. So like potentially we've we've struck oil with this one. I know what we have struck. We've struck a, an incredibly like filthy guitar tone. <laughs> so let's cast our minds back to the filthiest guitar tones we've ever made. I mean, this has got to be easy for Josh because that's pretty much your entire MO. Um, yeah, like my, my shindig is to make disgusting guitar tones. That's it, yeah. How can I make it more... Uh, <laughs> um, more uh, stank face, as I like to word it. Indeed, yeah. And like in that video, we did get some incredible stank face, didn't we? It was just oh, pure yeah, joy on your face in that. Well, uh, you know, there, let's, there was, uh, you know, a lot of people saying, oh, well, you should have biked it up to a cab, but I don't like it because you can hear the acoustic strings. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> uh, right you know, that was right. the whole point was yeah, filthy the fact guitar that we, tone. Were, we were just literally just messing about at a full day of end of film. It's like, hold on a second. Yeah. I've just discovered this. Yeah, this is horrible. And, Let's film it. <laughs> yeah. And horrible is in, like, I, I wanted to carry on playing with that for, like, forever. Indeed. It was... It was an odd combination at first when you put in minus three octaves <laughs> with... <laughs> God knows... Uh, was it minus three octaves with another octave down and it was a little bit weird um but yes it was absolutely filthy and if you want to enjoy the stank go and watch the video indeed because it's literally two minutes if that yeah uh, yeah two and a half i think it's yeah it's something, something like that Something you can watch while you're on the prepper. <laughs> yeah, you can. You can do, and see if you can make the same tones along with the video. <laughs> the, the best part of it was me just trying to like um, was trying to just fucking put a, like a, a natural harmonic, and I was just like, yeah. "Oh wait, that is the <laughs> harmonic." <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> like, thinking back to some absolutely filthy tones that I've made. Oh. I did a video uh, last week with uh, a couple of fuzz pedals, one of which was the the Super Fuzz by Behringer. And I got some pretty, pretty nasty tones out of that. But I don't think I don't think I've ever got anything that's that's rivaled the beauty of the <laughs> like Variax down tuner. It it's it's an acquired taste. I mean you know, the, the, there are uses for it, and there are a lot of uses not for it. <laughs> um, but if you know, if you literally you've done four hours of I don't know, you know, redoing theory or learning bits and pieces, and you just want to let your hair down and have a bit of fun, then this is absolutely one hundred percent something for you to do. And I would go out and buy one just just for that feature. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 well, we, uh, I've got a kind of last, last topic because I, I found out the the actual last topic was us asking Matt about his, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> like tech and stuff. 
which we've already talked about. <laughs> but here we go. So um, there's been a Made in Mexico Joe Strummer Telecaster um, being released. So, I mean, first of all, Matt, what's your opinions on that? Because you're a, you're a Clash fan, aren't you? I'm a, a big Clash fan. Cla- well, I was a massive Clash fan. I, I, I still own two of their albums on vinyl, listen to them occasionally, but I... As a teenager, I was really into the Clash, really into Joe Strummer. Actually, I think he was a fantastic front man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I I wanted to be positive about this, but yeah. the relic job it looks fucking terrible, and yeah. it's it, it does a look like disgusting price for a made in Mexico guitar. Yeah, it's it's very pricey, isn't it? So. Like we were, we were kicking off uh, about the Brad Paisley, which was just over the grand mark. Hundred, I think that retail. Yeah. I don't think it ever actually sold on it, but I think that was the initial retail price. And this one is selling at fifteen hundred quid. Fifteen hundred <laughs> for a fucking oh, Mexican yeah. Telecaster that somebody has rubbed some paint off and then lacquered over the top of. Yep, lacquered over the top of a relic job. What it, what in what universe do you lack it over the top of a relic job? Just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Oh, that, when I read that, it just made me angry. And then I realised that actually, that's probably all the Mexican relics that they've done in the past. They probably lack it over the top of, and I just missed that they were saying that. But I just, I, I don't get it, and it looks like it's been done poorly. The rest of the relic, the relic on the pit guard actually doesn't look too bad as long as you don't look really closely. But even from a distance, the relic w- work on the on the body is just gash. <laughs> just gash. It was like when I we were talking a couple of weeks back about that Gibson that was kind of like demoed, stroke, kind of teased on the Instagram and then... They really, you know, we spoke about it and we spoke about the price. It's like, oh, well, if it's under like 700 quid, something like that, you can kind of, you know, you can let it slide. But when they were charged, was it four and a half grand for that monstrosity? I was just like, <laughs> get uh, to quote uh, Matt, get in the bin. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Yeah, get in the bin. Just. And yeah, for the, for the like, I just got this Joe Strummer guitar. I just I want to love it because I actually love that guitar. I think that that guitar looks really cool. This this Mim guitar does not look like that guitar. Yeah, I saw one of the um, one of the custom shop ones when I uh, when I first started playing guitar in about like two thousand and three ish. They had one on on display in in like the uh, don't know if you ever seen them like these. Almost kind of like faux Americana, um, red plastic. It almost looks like uh, like an old muscle car kind of container yeah. thing, and it had, and they had like the the full custom shop uh, Joe Strummer, and I think that was about two grand. And back then we were like, "Who'd pay crazy. two grand for a guitar?" And <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're yeah. they're doing and, them. And the- the big thing for this 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 Mexican guitar, by the way, is vintage do a black telly that's got um, a better relic job for three hundred and fifty quid. <laughs> well, there you go, <laughs> there you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, so I mean, the question for it was, um, how much is too much when it comes to relic work? Because 
like this I mean this this relic job is clearly not a good relic job but like when it when it's done well how much is too much well in theory my RZKs are relics for the way that it's done yeah but some people would say it's a little bit I guess uh, ost- not ostentatious I think ostentatious is probably the wrong word um, but you know it's it is very in your face yeah, and then you do look at say on you know guitar guitar or whatever, and they'll release models of like nineteen fifty nine Les Paul Relic VOS NOS yeah M- SMS SOS you know model, and you look at some of them and some of them look really good, and then literally you'll see one of them which is literally there's about three flakes of paint left. Yeah, and that's you can't it. tell what the what the the new one, like the sorry, the finish, yeah, would have been. I remember seeing one where I think Matt like said like you know like putting lacquer over top of it, where it was literally like the wood. Then there was like white. Then there was like yellow or something like that. And I was just like, "What are you trying to be?" There, there was one, <laughs> and I can't remember whether it was. It, it, I I get. There was a PRS that looked bad relic, and I can't remember whether it was that one or whether this was a, a Fender custom shop. And they literally had only rubbed off paint from where the um, where your arm cut is on a Strat. But they'd rubbed... So basically, they'd, they'd gone for... It was a candy apple red over two-tone sunburst, and they'd only rubbed away the... For the, for the top half... So the top half of it, they'd rubbed all the way to the, the wood, then the next bit was a hard line where it was the finish underneath, and then there was another hard line, and it yeah. was like a four thousand, four and a half thousand pound guitar, and it was just like if you're paying that much for those guitars, you want it look to look like a proper relic rather than somebody's been at it with a belt sander. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's where the. Um... The risk is run with heavy relics, isn't it? The more that's done to it, the less, um, the less authentic it seems. I think the biggest problem with it is as well is a relic job is a very particular thing. Um, if you know people, some people like them, some people don't. Indeed, it's a really yeah, it's it's a really hard thing to judge because remember I had a, like an ESP uh, truckster which was grey, and then a part of it was red, and then part of it was black, where I think James's original model was originally one colour, then he changed it to a different colour, then he changed it to a different colour. Yeah. Which is fine if that's the original guitar. When they've done it, but what they've done is just paint it and not actually painted the guitar one colour, and then sanded a load away and then done it another colour and then sanded it away and just done it as a generic finish. Some of it, some of them can look shit. Some of them can look really good. Yeah, and, and like in terms of if you're going after a signature model, so like say you're trying to do the Rory Gallagher Strat or the Stevie Rayborn Strat where, you know, these have been bashed about and most of the paint has gone. Mm-hmm. If that's the actual look you're after and it's done really well, I can get on board with it to a certain point. I I still think that's too much, but I actually don't mind a heavy relic if it's done well. I I I'm, I don't think I don't think it's a question of how much relicing is too much. 
it's what it's type of relicking is well. too much and belt sound the relicking and whatever Fender have done to this this Mim strat. And if or if you're thinking about putting lacquer over the top of the relic, then stop making guitars. <laughs> it's very easy uh, to tell um whether a relic has been done well or whether it's done cheap. Um for for instance, again talking about my RZK, um, you know, like the original body is red, and then they put seven layers of thick paper, yeah, and then burn it to get the relic job that they've done. Now I've seen one on Facebook today that somebody has made, evidently in their shed or in their <laughs> bedroom, <laughs> and it looks awful. Genuinely awful. I think what uh, what I'll get because I sent it to a friend of mine today, and I'll send it in our fret talk group. So just so you can see how awful it looks. But what I think they tried to do is paint it white, just scratch a load of red on it, color the pickups red, and then literally looks like they've got a match just to color like to burn it, and it looks fucking horrendous. Yeah, I can't wait to see that because the. Uh... The guitars that I saw when when I was down yours, it's got like a real tactile finish to it. Yeah, and it's and it also scares me because if the, the downside to it yeah. is you have to play it very carefully, yeah. especially if you have, if you you know somebody that predominantly plays sitting down, uh, because there are parts on the underneath of like the body yeah. bit that rests against your leg. Where that will flake off. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, there's bits that were flaking off when I touched it. Like, shit, 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 I'm breaking it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like, to be honest, yeah, my, it's my only downside for it, but it's a three grand guitar and I've got to be careful of stuff like that. Yeah. I shouldn't have to worry about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, because usually the, the upside of uh, having, a, having a heavy relic is that well, it doesn't matter if I get a ding on it, does it? Yeah, whereas this, <laughs> if it's completely taking the finish off, then it's a bit like, mm. yeah, yeah. Is it is it devaluing it? Who knows? Well, I've got I've got one last one last one for this week because uh, I've, I've remembered what I've uh, what I'm what I'm putting out on the old uh, on the old budget pedal chap channel this week. I've got a uh, a video for an auto wire pedal. <laughs> indeed um so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you to you you watch that it's like the the auto well it's i call it an auto filter because it doesn't quite sound doesn't quite sound wary it it sounds you know when you've got the digital um digital filters in like your multi-effects and your um your like hx stomp and your all these ones. It's are... almost like a, a cocked wah sound rather than actually kind of being. Uh... The the way that I've um, equated it is almost like have you ever got like uh, a parametric EQ on a on a DAW? Yeah, and like put a little notch filter in it and move that uh, notch yeah. about. It's a bit like that. Whereas like a, a wah has got a really distinct like mid range characteristic, and it it almost it's almost like a really big. Uh, Q, rather than a narrow filter. So he does that. Um, it's it's a cool pedal. It's not kicking off my Jed's Peds 
um, auto war because that one just just kicks ass. It's just so good. Um, but what's the uh, what is the effect? Like, what is the the guitar effect, which is the the least useful to your opinion? So, I personally hate flangers. I really do not like. I really don't like a flanger. Uh, <laughs> Did you say that for the giggle? Because you get the giggle, or do you actually hate flanger? Because no, I, I don't. I have tried numerous times to use flangers. I've tried numerous and... flangers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Never been I, that experience. No. That's the train of thought. Now. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the yeah. Fret the Talk podcast. <laughs> it's never been an effect I've quite liked. It's yeah. like similar to is it like you know like a Leslie Cube or something like that. It's just one of those effects that I will probably never use and have never liked. Yeah, it's it's a bit like chorus but extreme. Yeah, Chor- like, chorus has got a subtlety to it that flange definitely doesn't. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's an effect that I've never cared for. I was just about to <laughs> to say flan- flanges in your face, isn't it? <laughs> uh, only if it's a birthday. <laughs> um, yeah, I c- I can understand that. I can understand it. My go-to for like the least usable uh, effect is ring mod. Yeah, Be- ring mod is pretty useless. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are there are really narrow bands in a ring mod that sound really cool, that almost get like a kind of notched filter sound, but the majority of it, it makes it sound like a broken computer. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm saying Bit Bit Crusher or whatever a rainbow machine is. <laughs> I, I don't even know what a rainbow machine is. It's just like, like, trash. It, do you want to not hear your guitar tone? A rainbow machine, I think it's uh, like a pitch modulated delay and octave. Well, there you go. I think. Yeah, but so it's the most useless. Weird... <laughs> yeah. like, it must have some sort of like univibe in it because it just it makes sure that nothing is ever anywhere near a semblance of in tune. <laughs> yeah, what you're trying to play. I, I'm not being funny. Like Devin Townsend uses one live, and if it's good enough for Devin Townsend, then. The problem be... is. Everybody who's trying one in a guitar store is not Devon Townsend. <laughs> yes. And it, yeah, just, it ruins true. your experience of whatever the guitar store you're in and somebody's trying. And the worst experience I ever had, someone was trying a bit crusher into a, a rainbow machine. And oh, <laughs> that, yeah, that, that must have been the a... The worst uh... thing was they were using a 50 Strat into a, <laughs> into a, a, a ring mod and a fucking... Uh, yeah a rainbow machine into a clean fender amp and it was just like what is happening is the guy must have been in his mid 60s i just i it was the weirdest (laughs) experience i've ever had in my life and it just sounded awful and it was a really bright guitar into a really bright fender amp and then just yeah having its head (laughs) smashed in by and and rainbow machined to death and I assume he was playing like blues licks, 
Did they no one could out? tell. No one knew what he was playing. It was just. <laughs> I, nice. Fun fact: like, I, I, this is one of my gripes for guitar stores. But I remember when I went in to try, you know, a, a considerable amount of money, you know, money I was going to be spending on a guitar, and they asked me what I used at home, and this is the point when I was using my Engel. I had one of the en- uh, an Engel. Uh, and he gave me a black star, and I'm like, mate, it's a completely different thing. <laughs> like if, I, if I'm going to be spending this amount of money on a guitar, I want to play it through as nearest to the proper amp as I have, yeah. not a black star HT5. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to think. When I, I've, I've only bought guitars from a guitar store once, and I bought my amp at the same time, and I tried the guitar through the amp. <laughs> So, Fair enough. I got away. That was I think this is that was the cabinet. This is probably a, a yes. I think this is probably something we can continue on on the Patreon for a little like worst guitar store experiences. <laughs> yeah, I think I've got a few. Uh, right, so this is where our standard podcast ends, and we extend a thank you to those who have made it this far. We extend an extra special thank you to our Patreon backers who. For as little as $2 a month, you can be part of. They are the coolest people. The coolest, damn it. Uh, they are as follows. Mr. Andrew Bimson. Mr. Adam Yeomans of Chef Tone Effects. Yes, he's back. Woo. Uh, indeed. We've got Mr. Doug Christ of 37 Effects, of Masters of the Cinematic Universe podcast, and of the Just Surprise Me podcast. We've got Mr. Hugh Rection. Feeling... I believe he's we on the next got... episode of the Masters of the Cinematic Universe as well. Yes, yeah, it's coming up, isn't it? Because I believe they've, they've he's on the Endgame one, and they've just done Captain Marvel, which was the film before. So, oh, have they? I've not, I've not downloaded that one yet. Yes, <laughs> I've got some listening for my car journey. Uh, we have got Mister uh, Ben Fletcher of Fletcher Pickups, and we have got Mister Brian Gower of the Tone Jerks Podcast. And the second button podcast. And sometimes the Just Surprise Me podcast. <laughs> yes. If you want to find me online, you can find me at Budget Pedal Chap. At YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. And YouTube is the home to the No Talkal Tone series and the No Talkal Tone Versus series, which this week features the Donna Dynamic War. I was really hoping you was going to say Donna Kebab then. <laughs> I mean... If I ever get a signature pedal, it will be a Donna pedal and it will be the kebab. I don't even know what it's going to do. Probably a rotary. That would be wicked, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, and it warms your tone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it gives you the shits as well. Uh, <laughs> Matt, we can find you at heel underscore Matt Q at Twitter, Twitter and, and Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. Yes, been a while, not Twitter. Not Twitch, not Twitch. <laughs> never, never mentioned Twitch. And Josh, I don't understand what's Twitch? No, neither do I. <laughs> Josh, Joshy ZK at not anymore. What? Not anymore. It has been changed. Go on. It, it is now Josh Castle TCM because they wouldn't let me put Chrono Mortis. Ah, uh, so. there you go. Cool. And and you also so Josh Castle Castle TCM. Yes. And. The Corona Mortis on Instagram and the Guitar Geeks podcast, which this week features Lee Alexander from Pedal Boards of Doom. 
I'll give that one a skip then. <laughs> <laughs> so would I. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> and that is us for this week. So from myself, Mr. Budget Pedal Chap, from Mr. Matt Quine. Say bye, Matt. Bye, Matt. From, oh my gosh, it is Josh. It will be a satty bye. Good night for this week. Bye. Goodbye. Bicycle can't stand alone. It's too tired. Oh dear. (laughs) (laughs) Oh shit. Yeah, you know what? That's good enough. It made me.